Hello, beautiful souls, and welcome back to the Raise Your Vibration podcast. I am your host, Shelby Rose. Today, I have Emily McDonald on, and Emily is an award-winning neuroscientist that loves to talk all things science, spirituality, mental health, and well-being. She's currently getting her PhD in neuroscience and studying new ways to treat addiction. Her overall goal is to help people unlock their full potential and live their best lives. And y'all, I found (laughs) Emily over on on the TikToks and you can tell that she's so passionate about what she speaks about. She has so much knowledge and on this episode we talk about the, everything from the science of manifestation, we talk about frequencies, we talk about meditation and we bring a really scientific approach to spirituality which I love. I've always believed that there is this crossroads between science and spiritual and Emily definitely brings us the facts and the research to back that. Before we dive into this episode, I have a few quick announcements for all of you. So number one, if you are feeling called to really tap into a vision, to actually have clarity on what it is you're creating, the path you're walking, what you are building, whether that be your business, whether that be your incredible dream life, if you feel a little bit like you're lacking clarity, I have a mini mastermind called The Visionary that we are kicking off mid-November. So you have a few days left to enroll. It is going to be an incredible program, you guys, and to me, we are not able to manifest our dream lives if we don't know what that is, if we don't have clarity on that path, and also if we're not merging the energetic and the spiritual with a kind of framework of a game plan, how are we going to co-create that with the universe? I think there's a lot of misconstrued information out there that says, you know, we just have to meditate on it and visualize it. But the universe wants to know that you actually want it. It wants you to have a game plan. It wants you to say like, yes, this is what I'm creating and I believe it so much. Here's my action plan to go out and get it, to go out and co-create this with you. It is a symbiotic relationship. So if you want to learn more on visions, if you want to really tap in and anchor into your vision so that when 2023 hits, can you believe it's right around the corner? You're so anchored into this is what I'm here to create and this is what I'm here to do. And especially for those of you who are entrepreneurs, this is so incredibly important. I see a lot of entrepreneurs going out willy nilly, not really knowing what it is they want and what they're here to create, or maybe not admitting to themselves what they're here to create. And this is really just going to solidify it for you. So the link for that is in the show notes. Um, I think- okay, Emily, thank you so much for being here. I'm so excited to share you with the Razor Vibration podcast audience. And we were already starting to geek out before we even hit record. So <laughs> for the listeners who don't know, Emily is a PhD student in neuroscience, but what we connected over and what I found her through is TikTok. She shares a lot on TikTok about, well, neuroscience, but also linking that with the science behind spirituality. And that's what we're going to dive into today. Emily, will you share with the listeners, how did you decide on neuroscience? Like, how did that come to you? What brought you down this path? Like, how'd you get where where you're at today? 
Yeah, so I started my undergrad as a biology major, and I kind of just really didn't like it. <laughs> and I was like, I, and I literally just asked people, I was in a pre-health program at, where I went to undergrad at UC Austin, and I was just like, I don't like biology, what should I do that's still science? And someone was like, switch to neuroscience, it's cool. And I was like, okay, because that's, <laughs> that's very much like who I am, I just go for it, like, why not? Try yeah. Out. like that's how you should do it so I tried it and I immediately fell in love with neuroscience like my first class got a 100 on the first exam like because neuroscience just like comes so naturally to me yeah. and my professor reached out to me to congratulate me on my like grade and I reached out back to him and I was like I really want to get involved in research like how can I do it I ended up going to his office hours and then he got me a few interviews and I ended up doing studying learning and memory in kids using fMRI. And that's kind of what I did in undergrad. Um, really cool research, discovered a lot of really cool things, won a lot of awards for that research, which was really cool. Um, but really, I wanted to be more in like the translational kind of preclinical side of the research, because I really want to like, help people. Cause I was always kind of like, do I become a doctor? Cause I'm smart and good at science. Like what? Mm -hmm. And I was just kind of like, no, like, and I have a lot like of things in my past, like with my family health issues and stuff where I just saw doctors like let my family members down when it came to their health. And even for me personally. Um, and so I was kind of just like, I want to find out things so I can help I can like give new information to all the doctors everywhere to help people mm. on like a global scale. And so <laughs> I have full body chills. I'm like, you don't know this literally my, my path into as registered dietitian and doctors kept letting me down and I like had a bunch of health issues. And so I was like, I need to figure this out. And that's what led me into like nutrition and spirituality and all the things, but yeah, I'm like, oh, wow. Yeah, <laughs> I and you know, that. I spoke at a conference in Austin in April and there were, there was another girl that I connected with and she had this very similar story. And now she has like a company where she creates herbal remedies for things like, mm. like for female hormone health. And for me, like one of my things I always dealt with was PCOS and I had, was on birth control, all these issues. And then literally found her, got off everything. I'm like officially like off like all the medications. Cause I also was diagnosed. Oh I don't take anything anymore. Um, and she literally like the herbs, the herbs, they, I feel great. Like seriously, like no symptoms, no PMS symptoms at all. So. Oh my gosh. Amazing. Yeah. I that's all I'm, I'm, I'm into all like the natural remedies, but yeah. Yeah. So Anyway, I, I, I kind of just was like, okay, but I still don't know what I want to do research particularly in. And I took a neuroscience of addiction class in my undergrad. And I just, and we read a paper about why the treatments don't work. And it's just like, it's the same story with all of these health issues. In my opinion, is that we're treating the symptoms and we're not treating the underlying problem. And that's the case for addiction as well. Like we're treating the issues that we can see and like what happens with that, but we're not treating the actual cause of the issues. And I was like, well, we don't really know like what addiction really is. And so I was like, well, I want to find out. <laughs> Get to the root. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of exactly what I'm doing right now with my research. I'm here studying addiction and the neuro and like a neuroscience and pharmacology approach. Um, to studying like the neural, the neurobiology, like the neuroscience of addiction. So that's what I'm doing right now. 
Amazing. Uh, yeah. And then I would say like with the, there's a whole other side of that with the spirituality side. And I would say that it was probably like three or three years ago now that, I mean, I kind of was going through like a time where it was, everything was really crazy. You know, I don't know if it was like a dark night of the soul type of story, but, um, definitely like it was before I came here and everything was just kind of like, and I was also getting super into the neuroscience aspect because as a neuroscience major and a neuroscientist, like I just fell in love with neuroscience. And I was like, something that I really, really loved about neuroscience was that it explains so much about spirituality. And that was kind of, for me, like what made me honestly really excited about neuroscience a lot of the time was I remember I was just laying in bed and I always had a habit of like sleeping to frequencies and stuff. And I knew they worked, but I just didn't understand why they worked. And literally I just, it like download came to me and it was like, we had just learned about the auditory system in, in our class where like the membrane in our ear, like all, we have all these tiny little cells called hair cells and they all respond to different frequencies. (laughs) It's just like, (laughs) you know what I mean? mean? It's just like, and that's just one aspect of it. And I love like, I'm just very like social outgoing person. So I was in, that was in undergrad, but then I'm in my PhD program and we're in, I'm in a neurosystems class last year. And the audit, the guy who specializes in the auditory system comes in. Of course I ask him, I go up to him and I'm like, so if you were to listen to, especially like as you're falling asleep at night and when you're waking up, your brain's in theta state, which is when you can access your subconscious mind. And so I'm like, if you especially listen to certain frequencies during this time, like one of like the main, one of the first laws of neuroscience that you learn is that like when cells fire at the same time, like when specific pathways fire at the same time and together you get strengthening of those pathways. It's neurons that fire together, wire together. And um, so when you listen to like the same frequency, like for prolonged periods of time, you can strengthen specific pathways depending on the frequency that you're hearing because we different cells fire to different frequencies. And that to me, it just, it blows <laughs> my mind. Um, cause then you have the whole other side of like the frequencies too, where it's like the different brain wave, brain wave patterns in the brain, like Delta, Theta, alpha, beta, gamma. And those are all like different consciousness states that you can use music to get into, which is really cool too. Yeah. So what I'm wondering, so listening to those frequencies as you fall asleep and as you wake up, when you're in the theta state, I know some of the stuff you talk about on TikTok is like different frequencies can impact different things. Do we know why, or is it just kind of because they are hitting certain brain waves or like, what's that connection? How does it help us essentially when we're listening to those frequencies as we fall asleep and wake up? Yeah. Um, so, well, one thing I really want to point out about like how powerful that period of time is, like as you're falling asleep and you're waking up, like when your brain is in theta state, like that is like the first seven years of our lives are spent predominantly in theta. And like, that's why children can learn languages. They can learn so much faster, Mm -hmm. everything. It's because like, I just, I just heard this analogy and it's great. Like when you first buy a computer, you can't just like get on your computer and start doing things. You have to download like 
Chrome and you have to download all of these different things so that you can, unlike Zoom, you have to download all these programs so you can actually do the stuff on your computer. When we're born, our brains are like an empty computer and we, we are literally just constantly downloading programs and like the first seven years of our lives. <laughs> literally, like whether they're good or bad. We're right, like we didn't have a choice. Like we are literally just downloading everything in our surroundings. And that's because of the state our brain is in. And our brain is in that state as well, right as we're falling asleep and right when we're waking up. So there's that. But then also like with what I was saying before, with like when neurons fire together and they wire together and they become strengthened, that's a whole, that has molecular implications as well. So that's not just cells. When cells become stronger, then you start seeing like, this gets very detailed, but like we have like different, like just protein signaling cascades that start becoming mm -hmm. activated. And like, for example, that's been shown when people listen to 528 Hertz, you see an increase in oxytocin, which is the molecule for love and, yeah. you know, so, and like bonding. And I think that's beautiful as well as like, this is another thing I kind of like, I really, someone actually brought this up on TikTok, like pointed out this connection on TikTok, which I love. Cause I'm just like, this is why like, it's so fun. Cause I am also learning from people's comments as well. Yeah. And I, um, for pain relief, like actually at the university of Arizona, where I'm studying, they discovered that green light therapy actually is really, um, really useful for chronic pain because university of Arizona studies, like they have a huge chronic pain studying center and someone made the connection like, Oh, like 528 Hertz. It's a sofagio frequency. Like that is the one that correlates or corresponds to the heart chakra. Right. Yeah. And then green light also for healing <laughs> and the heart chakra is green. Yes. So, <laughs> I think this is where it's like, it gives me chills because, you know, people are like, oh, that's so woo. It's so out there, but no, there's science that says this is connected. There's yeah. more to this. And we've known this for, you know, I think about Eastern medicine has known this stuff forever, mm -hmm. but now there's science and data that's backing information that's kind of been like woo or out there for a really long time. Right. And then you make those connections and people still don't want to say that's why, right? Like that's not the reason for the connection. Like, that's <laughs> but it doesn't matter. And that's why I think like, and like I brought this up before, it's just, I think that we are like, well, this is kind of what I was about to mention before with like the woman that studies neuroscience and psychology at Columbia. Um, she was saying that like, the pro like science is a lens. And this is something I've been talking about too, because on TikTok, mm -hmm. a lot of the time people with like science is becoming more and more popular, like on social media and for like people to be talking about it. And a lot of people think that peer reviewed articles means that it's like, that's how it is. And, but in reality, like a peer reviewed article is just like a quarter and a giant bucket of like what we know, like we mm -hmm. don't actually know anything. Like we are just like, asking questions and producing results. That's all it is, is results. And then the conclusion section is just your inference, like your honestly biased um, opinion or like of the results, right? Mm -hmm. And so something that she was saying, um, the doctor from Columbia is that like so the scientific method is a method. It's a method of a way to look at life. It's not the only way. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's a really important distinction because I don't know, I think a lot of people in science are very stuck in like the scientific method, but even being stuck in that is technically like you're kind of going against science because you're supposed to be non-biased. Yes. And it's like, you've already, you have a bias against what you think the results are, or what previous research has shown you or what your peers believe. And so mm-hmm. even just being in that is still you're going to get the results you're looking for. That's how I felt when it, because people ask with a dietetic background, people ask me nutrition questions. I'm like, well, if you look at these 15 research articles, you have one answer. And if you look at these 15, you have another answer and there's no black or white and everything is muddled because it's, it depends on how the research was done. How the, right. You know, it's like, who was doing the research? Who was part- participating? What results were they looking for? when they were doing their research. So it's, it's difficult to. 100%. And that kind of gets into like intention and like your energy as well. Cause I actually saw on another, like something, another scientist I was listening to saying like the drug is a lot more effective when the pharmaceutical company is testing it versus when it's like just some anonymous random lab testing the drug. And that could be for two reasons. It could be because like they're biased and the results aren't exactly like clean, or it could just be because they have an expectation that they want. And when you have an expectation, that's the energy you're putting out and you're more likely to call that back to you. And I think that's just a great example of like how (laughs) energy is honestly, like I work with animals now. I used to work with humans and now in my research, I work with animals. And of course, like me being me, I do everything I can to like show them like the most respect and, you know, give them all the love and everything that they deserve. And there is a difference in their behavior when I like and the experiment I'm running right now too, like they press levers for sucrose. Like they're having a great time. So at least, like, <laughs> they're, they're at least like what I think, right? Like there's, there's, there's research being done where the animals are like, you know, that's just like the really sad truth of it. But yeah. at least for me, like my animals are having fun. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, they're they're like levers for sucrose. And, yes. <laughs> and so they like, they, and like, I get the data, like how many times they press the active lever to get sucrose versus the inactive lever, like to show they learned. And honestly, at first when I was doing it, I was just doing it and their behavior was like, not the best on days when I specifically like was holding them. And I was like, you got this, you know, like you're going to do so great. Like, <laughs> and like put them in the box there. The it's like literally they went from pressing the active lever 50 times to 95 times. And I mean, I don't believe in coincidences, no. but, but it, but it's like, it's so true. Like with an animal, when you have a pet positive affirmations, they respond to that with plants, they will grow faster. If you speak positive to them and send them love, like it's not woo woo. Like that's it's science. There's research that even though we like think of it as, you know, affirmation, spiritual stuff, but it's scientific as well. Yeah. I think affirmations are extremely powerful. Like, especially, I mean, like we were saying earlier, you absorb everything when, as we're growing up, whether you wanted to or not. And so Mm -hmm. we all have programs in our subconscious mind save that probably aren't the best for us. And I think you can literally go on, you can go on YouTube and search any 
type of affirmations for anything that you want. And I've noticed a difference in my life, but I think that once we, I think if more people did it, it would just be such a happier place to live. Like, I, You've literally inspired me. Like I was kind of, it's weird. Cause when I started listening to hurts at nights, I was like, I was like, Oh, I should just put this on. Like I put random ones on every other night, whatever. And then I found you on TikTok right after that. And then I was like, Oh, what if I took this a step deeper? I recorded myself saying affirmations that I knew I needed and listened to that right before I fall asleep. And as I'm waking up, and I was like, okay, this is going to like create new neural pathways for me because uh-huh. I struggle to do affirmations just like throughout the day and they don't feel like they really stick. And it's probably because I'm in more of those like Delta Alpha brainwaves, maybe. I don't know. They That's don't feel it. But yeah, you'd be probably like Alpha, Beta, Gamma, one of those three. Yeah. You're doing. Yeah. 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 hundred percent. And like, it's really hard a lot of times if it doesn't feel like true then it's yeah you because then if you're just like like the whole make it to you make it thing is a thing but at the same time like it has to feel like somewhat possible so you can kind of like attach to the energy of it because otherwise I just feel like I'm saying things I'm like yeah I don't know <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And at, sure that point, that. at that point it's not helping you because you're just no. creating it in your mind but if like like that's so amazing that you recorded your own and, and people have been asking me like someone actually yesterday mentioned um if like recording doing guided meditations but I was like honestly I could see myself doing affirmation tracks more because I have recorded my I've recorded one them for myself before where like there would be like the frequency in the background and yeah. like affirmations but the, but at the same time I also feel like there's kind of a lack of like more upbeat like you can dance to affirmation tracks like I'm always yes I'm always looking for those and there there are some but not a lot and I just want like I when we are like at a higher energy state like when we're dancing when we're singing like that is when we have way more ability to manifest because we have less resistance Mm -hmm. so I think that is also an amazing time to be doing affirmations is when we have no resistance and we're just really happy because I've always noticed when I'm like hiking or when I'm doing something I'm if I'm really happy and yes. I say something that I want it it's like it's it happens yeah instantaneous rather yeah. than like I don't know there's something about like when I think I should be doing affirmations like I'm not a morning person so I'm always like oh yeah I should do them like when I wake up like I'm drinking my coffee and like you know waking up and now as you're saying this, I'm like that, the, the, I need to do them while I'm on a hike or while I'm having my dance party and my dog's looking at me, like I'm a crazy, like, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. I've had mornings too. I'm planning. I'm just like, God, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. but I think that's where like, there's this one affirmation track and I have like a link to the exact playlist I listen to. And there's like, just a whole bunch of options, like for whatever you're into, but, um, there's this one track that's like five minutes and it's like actually upbeat. And that one, it's impossible <laughs> it's for different. me. It's, it's, it's impossible for me to listen to that and not just start laughing because it's just so cheesy, but it's so, it's really good. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. That kind of gets into like, like another thing I do in the morning um, is to like set my intentions of what I want to get out of my day. And I usually do that after I meditate because that's when like we have the least resistance is when Mm -hmm. we meditate and we've cleared our mind and we're calling all of our energy back to ourselves then it's kind of like anything that you do after that 
will be heightened. Mm-hmm. And I, if you meditate like for long enough and you get into like a pretty deep meditation, like you do go into theta in your brain as well. And so, I mean, it kind of just is another example of like, cause people always ask me like, how can I access theta more often? And that meditation mm-hmm. is a re- another really good way um, to do it. And so setting your intentions after that for me is so powerful because you have all of your energy. And then it's like, you can, whatever you do after that, like, well, whatever you're doing all day long, like we are directing our energy towards so many different things. And I, and I'm such a big, like believer in doing intention setting. So like this morning, I'm literally like, I'm going to go on a podcast and it's going to go really well. And then like, I'm going to do all this work and then I'm going to be so productive today. And just like stating what you want to get out of your day. Cause otherwise you're kind of just leaving it all up to chance. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things that we've kind of been like touching the surface on that I would love to get into a little bit more is like the science behind manifestation, because it is another one of those things that I think people think of and they're like, oh, that's manifesting is really woo or law of attraction is really woo. How does, how is there science that essentially backs up the fact that these things are real, they exist, we're co-creating all the time? I think there's, okay, this study made me so excited when I heard it. Um, And it's like, it's an older study, but they took a group of like old older adults, like old people. And they brought, <laughs> and they brought them. <laughs> it's necessary to know. <laughs> I, I, was, I like, it. I, in my mind, these people were aging as you were saying old, old. <laughs> right. <'Cause laughs> I, like, always, okay. like, I was like, at first I said older adults and I'm like, no, I mean like old and gray and wrinkly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah that's where my brain was like, okay, we're, we're aging them. <laughs> yeah. So they took these adults and they brought them out to like a retreat. You could say basically a place where they, they couldn't leave. And it was like decorated as the world would have been back when they were teenagers or young adults. Like, like if, like for me, it would be like, I'd be back in New York in my old house and like everything would look exactly like when I was young and everyone was talking like that. And like, it literally felt like that. And afterward, like, I don't remember how many days they were there. I want to find this study again. Cause I want to talk about it on my TikTok. Um, they measured like their blood pressure and then like their cortisol levels and a few other like biological markers of aging. And they had literally reversed their biological markers of aging. And it kind of literally just proves like where our, our environment one, like, Mm -hmm. well, I mean, this gets into like, you're into diet and all that. Like this gets into that, like our environment plays a huge role in everything about our bodies, but also like everything that we're consuming, everything that we're thinking is creating an environment for ourselves and our cells are constantly reading the environment and they take in information and like what I was explaining earlier with like signaling cascades, like when, like the cell has little receptors on its membrane and when it binds certain things, then it, that triggers certain pathways, which can eventually lead to differences in gene expression, right? Cause every mm-hmm. cell has the, the entire genetic code, but what determines what the function of the cell is, is the environment. You can put the same cell in like three different Petri dishes with like 
different blood concentrations and like one of them will develop into a bone whatever and one of them will develop into like a different type of cell what deter and it's the same thing with neuroscience as well like what determines where the cell goes and what that neuron becomes is like the signaling like the signaling molecules that it perceives in the environment and we aren't like one giant human we are a lot of cells making a human so we have to think about ourselves and I think another um, really good example is the placebo effect. Because yeah. so many people want to say like, oh, that's placebo. But what are you saying when you say something's placebo? You're saying that your mind has the ability to change the outcome. The placebo effect is a real effect. It's yes. Not- it's in like every research research study where, and maybe there might be listeners who don't know what the placebo effect is. But it's essentially right where they you have whatever the medication or the practice is, then you have someone who has a pill that they don't know if I think if they there's multiple, but if they think they have a pill, even if it's a sugar pill, but they think they're getting a therapy, that's the placebo. Is like right, right. it could so. be a sugar pill, it could be a nothing pill, it's empty, mm-hmm. whatever it is, but that's the placebo one. And they usually put them in a trial so that they can see the drugs effect compared to the, the like the placebo non-existent yeah placebo or right, pill, yeah. sugar pills they'll give people like actual drugs for depression and then they'll give people a sugar pill for depression and then they look at like the outcome and actually it's kind of crazy because especially for drugs um for depression placebo is like there are studies showing that it's like placebo is just the same actual drug effect mm-hmm. and i think I mean, because I mean, I'm the last going to be the last person to say that like depression, like I used to be depressed when I was in high school. Like I know it's real, but I think that like, it's just the, that placebo effect is just a really powerful example of how powerful our minds are. Mm -hmm. And the placebo effect isn't just like, oh, you're just feeling better because you think it like, if you go and look like you might actually have you actually have more of like dopamine or serotonin. And that's because you believed that you would and Mm -hmm. you do. (laughs) Yes. And that is like, and, and it works in the opposite as well. It's called the nocebo effect. Um, and they've studied this as well with like cancer patients and stuff. And apparently like I've had MD medical students like comment on my TikTok saying like apparently now they're being taught to be careful of what they say to their patients because if a doctor tells a patient that there's a high possibility of a negative outcome it's actually more likely that outcome will occur yeah so like everything that works in the positive direction it also works in the negative direction and that's kind of crazy because I actually just posted a video last night about like the effects of optimism versus pessimism. And I didn't even realize there's actually plenty of research showing that op- being optimistic lengthens your life, but then also being mm. pessimistic can shorten your life and puts you at higher risk of illness, like heart disease. Like they actually showed people that are more pessimistic have like are worse off whenever they develop heart disease, like their symptoms get way worse yeah. that are less pessimistic or more optimistic. So it's literally like, here you go. Manifestation in different language, but it's the same. It's the same thing. thing. Yeah. And there's a, there's actually, this is what I thought was really fascinating. Cause you know, 
I have the nutrition background, but it was, there was a study done on people who they ate one, they ate a meal. And then they, the, the people who were having this study done on them then found out they had the genetic markers for obesity. And just knowing that information changed how their body hormonally responded to the food. They had higher insulin resistance. They had higher like levels of, um, ghrelin, which is the hunger hormone. Like their hormones actually change in response to them finding out they had the genes and the genetic markers for obesity. They didn't know it before their bodies responded totally different hormonally to the food. They thought they were going to get obesity and they started to actually develop the hormonal markers for obesity. I was like, oh my gosh. Yeah. And it, it's really, it's hard and it's kind of a, a difficult place to be when you know this, because it's like, you don't want to be like that blind positivity where it's like, yes, it's, it's hard because it's like, you do want to know this information, but at the same time, how do we make it? So we are not manifesting negative outcomes. We're not afraid of it. Like, Mm -hmm. I think, I think that's like the hardest thing is finding that middle ground because when we're in that blind positivity, then it's almost like we're, you know, pushing fear. Like we're avoiding anything that could create fear instead of finding ways to actually navigate through fear and like take our power back when fear arises. Yeah. I think that's a really good point. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, just going based off of what you just said too, like with what I was saying earlier, like every single cell has all of our genetic code. Like when people find out they have like the gene for like, they have a high risk for cancer because it's like genetic, but it's like, technically there is no one gene for cancer, but also Mm -hmm. like genes don't turn on or off by themselves like they need an environment or right and like well it's kind of like this is another great analogy like our dna our genes are just is a code so it's like reading a map and it's like the map only certain parts of it are being read and you don't turn a map on or off you either read it or you don't read it and what determines whether it's read or not is the environment and what determines the environment, our mindset, what we're doing every day, like whether or not we exercise, our behavior, what we eat, all of that. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I've always thought it's not just one thing that plays a role in how we end up or like our end result, but it's the, all the tiny parts of the puzzle that add into the end result. Mm-hmm. So you can't just focus on nutrition or you can't just focus on mindset. It's how are you moving through all those areas of your life to get the best outcome for self? Definitely. It's a whole, it needs to be a holistic approach. And yeah. <laughs> people, I don't know. I think like, at least for me and my experience with medicine, it was never that it was just like, let's just try some drugs. <laughs> uh, yeah. Literally. I was, I, got, I was also diagnosed with ADHD, got put on medication and was like, oh, this is making me feel it like fucked my gut up and a bunch of other stuff. And I was like, this isn't going to work for me. I need another approach for this ADHD stuff oh, because it worked for me great at first. I loved it. I was like, at first, so, yes. so much dopamine. You can, it, that's the other thing. Like I study addiction. It's, it's addictive. It's addictive. It was, it was, I, I literally knew it was addictive as I was taking it. Cause I was like, I feel good. Yeah. <laughs> 
why and that's how you know it's addictive because like with all drugs of abuse like when you first start taking it you you're doing it because you feel really good and then Mm. why do you keep taking it to avoid negative feelings so it starts Mm. with like positive reinforcement and then it shifts into a negative reinforcement where you're taking the drug to avoid negative outcomes and for me that was like I became a point where I couldn't do anything without it like (laughs) I mean and then there you're all all, also the other side of it as well for like dependence is you're doing it despite negative outcome you're doing it despite like negative consequences like it started giving me anxiety yeah yeah like just so much and I believe that there are so many better ways to deal with that um one of the biggest things is honestly like and I don't know if you know who Dr. Amen is. He's like a yes, yes, I love him. One of the things that he said about ADHD was like do, and it's so underrated, is to be doing something you're passionate about. Yes, literally, me and my best friend have. We both have our own businesses. She runs a mobile bar business and a wedding planning business. We both have ADHD, and we're like, it is the biggest gift in our businesses because. Uh, like I'm so hyper-focused when I'm really excited about something to the point where I will work all day on it because Mm -hmm. I'm so excited about it and I'm passionate about it. Yeah. It probably wasn't a great thing to have when I was in clinical working as a registered dietitian and I didn't love what I was doing, but now it's like a superpower. Yep. Yep. I say that all the time. I'm like, it is a superpower if you use it to your advantage. Like, yes, for me, like exactly. Like, I mean, and I can kind of see how it would be hard going through school because we all have to be in classes where you have we're to not, study, you have to uh, like, and we're not a hundred percent. Like for me, studying neuroscience, easy, like literally like 4.0 because it's neuroscience. It, it, yeah. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> but like, yeah, I can see like all the other classes that people I'm like, and like at that time I was still taking the medication and it did help me through those classes oh, where I, I wasn't. I didn't enjoy them at all. And so how was I supposed to focus? And that's like a issue with our education system. And not yes. <laughs> like it's not helpful information. That's a totally other topic because yeah. I just think that a lot about how we teach kids needs to be different. Like we're just mm-hmm. trying to develop minions not people that are creative. not individual thinkers yeah uh, literally we just I just talked to someone about this I'm like emotional intelligence how is that not like the first thing we all learn of like how to effectively communicate with other human beings and emotional intelligence because any job you have it's going to be like the number one skill set you use you're dealing with other people like you have to have some level of emotional intelligence I did not learn that until I was like 25 and my world was falling apart I'm like something about what I'm doing is not working <laughs> yeah and like those the benchmark tests like standardized tests like it's literally just like you all need to be the same and if you're not all good at this one thing then you're not anything yes Yes. it's it's just like well we're not all meant to be good at the same thing like that's scarcity comes in because like there is abundance in this universe like there is enough for everyone but if everyone tries to do the same thing and the same way there wouldn't be enough for everyone. But if everyone were truly just to follow their heart and pursue their passion and do what they love to do, like there's room for you in that space. Mm. Yes. You'll be successful at it because you're passionate yeah. about it. And mm-hmm. it's just like, we're not taught that we're taught that we need to like be good at tests and stuff. So yeah. 
Yeah. Honestly, that's like, I was talking to my mom about it when she was here visiting because that's like a big reason for, cause a lot of people like, they just want to be famous. Right. <laughs> but for yeah. me, like, it's really about the impact and like why I want you can to- feel that I, I literally can feel it. That's why I was so drawn to you. I wanted to have you on the podcast. I was like, I can just feel like how much information you have to share, but also how helpful this information is not to cut you off, but like, yes, no, I can feel thank it. You. Thank you. Yeah. Cause like I was telling her, I was like, cause at first I was walking around like, I don't be famous mom, but like, really, <laughs> but really like why I want, like, I, I really just want to like have more impact so that more people can know like what I know, like I really, cause it's helped me so much, like all this information that I have. And I just, I just think if everyone was a li- doing a little more of like what I was doing and like doing what they loved and like doing their gr- gratitude practice every day, like it really does change your life. Like it really yeah. does. And so one of my favorite things, it's like, it ties into collective consciousness too, because we yeah. are only capable of what the collective vibration is capable of at this time. There's a really cool study done where, and I need to find this one too. (laughs) There's a podcast called Science and Spirituality. I really like it. Highly recommend. (laughs) I I love it. I love it. Thank you for that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I really love it. But um, they talked about where they, they went to South America and they taught these monkeys how to wash their hands or their food a certain way. Right. And obviously monkeys don't wash their food. So once a, once a like big enough proportion of the monkeys in this area started doing it, all of a sudden, like they found that monkeys in a completely different don't know what you call it tribe or colony or what I don't know whatever yeah <laughs> they have no contact like monkeys don't have phones so they had no contact and it was like all of a sudden that group started doing it as well mm. and it, to me that's just like a beautiful example of collective consciousness like we like they somehow started doing it because they knew it was a better way of doing it but they couldn't have told each other right and so when it comes to like earth and humans like we need to like like one person can't just like rise and just be like a go full alien mode start like you know but I think that like more people that that like we can raise their vibrations and the more people that can wake up then it's like domino effect like all of a sudden everyone starts doing it. And that's really my goal. <laughs> I have chills and I'm like, even cause I, you know, as human beings, like there is, you're going to run into people that you don't get along with or that like you have difficulty with. And I always just think, you know, my like reaction is always, Oh, I wish they would, whatever. It's like, no, no, no. Do your own work, Shelby, because you doing your own work is going to help the collective. And don't worry about where other people are at. Just like focus on you raising your own vibration because it is going to impact the collective. Um, Another really cool study on this before I know we both probably have to hop off here pretty quick. Another really cool thing that happened was um, there was like a dark cloud over Denver, which is where I live. And they, they were like studying a frequency that they were putting out into like the air. They were like using that to move the energy and it worked. But there was another study in Japan that was like, well, instead of using this like frequency device or this frequency machine, what if we just meditated on the, I think it was like a pollution cloud or something they were trying to, and it literally with enough people meditating on the pollution going away, the dark cloud 
went away. And so I think it's just, if we have enough people who are intending a better world where there is more like unity consciousness, more love, more connection, more peace, like eventually it does have to happen if we can hold that, even when there is distractions that are happening outside of us. Yes, I completely agree with that. And that's honestly like the basis of like what I'm trying to do. Like I have written yes. like, on my board, I'm trying to elevate the vibration of the planet. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> and it can be really hard. Like it, I get, I get tons of like, you know, comments that are less than ideal comments. You know? yeah. <laughs> like what you were saying, like when you come across people that aren't like ready to hear what you have to say, like people are going to have like negative things to say, but honestly, it's been like a recent thing for me where I'm just like, yeah, like I just have to focus on me and Mm -hmm. like doing my inner work and doing what I can and just hope that like, and also the people that you are reaching, it's like, you're just some seeing some of your TikToks come across my feed. I've been like, Oh, I should record these meditate, these affirmations and do it. Like it's inspiring me who's already been on the path for a while, but like knows I could be shifting in some areas. And there's some places where I feel a little bit like, okay, there's some stuck energy here. You're re-inspiring me and I know you're doing that for so many people who are in your audience so like focusing on the impact you already are having that's massive thank you I really do appreciate that yeah is there any last things that you didn't get to cover that you want to let the listeners know about any last little like bits of information otherwise I definitely want you to share where the listeners can find you um I think the last thing is that Honestly, I didn't really mention anything about meditation, but oh yeah, let's get into it. (laughs) There is just, I mean, this doesn't have to be like, it's just like at this point, the science is out on meditation, like decreases cortisol, increases your lifespan. It, it increases the birth of new neurons, brain cells in the hippocampus and the hippocampus Mm -hmm. is the area of the brain responsible for learning and memory. So you can literally like get new brain cells to have better learning and memory in your brain. Um, just oh, well, that, mm-hmm. that's amazing. Cause I feel like the like word on the street is that you just like lose brain cells as you get older. Or, like they're like, that's kind of the, the story that's out there at least. Yeah. Well, there's to go off of that. Another thing, a study that I just saw, actually, they showed that like long-term meditators, were like had actually thicker um cortical thickness which is like the cortex is the part of our brain that makes us human like it's why we can control our impulses mm. it's why we're not complete complete animals <laughs> <laughs> most of us most of us <laughs> most of us <laughs> yeah, <we're> <laughs> complete animals is because the cortex and like that yeah exactly what you were saying how we like lose brain cells as we age they actually showed that like as you age like you actually can get a thicker cortex Oh my God. Amazing. For long-term meditators and it improves your ability to focus. And it actually like, there's a study that I'm, I'm actually presenting this week, um, about, uh, like social rejection and how that pain is like, you see activation in the same areas of the brain as like physical pain. Mm-hmm. So like those pains are actually seen activating the same areas in the brain. And one of the areas is the prefrontal cortex. And they showed that when it's more active, it's like kind of the ability to, um, shut down our perception of pain. And they have shown that with meditation in chronic pain patients that like 
if you meditate long-term, then you actually like have less pain. So it's increasing Um, your ability to deal with pain as well. Which which is is so incredible. Cause like as humans, there is going to be social rejection or whatever. There are going to be periods of time where you just have things that happen in the life, like, right. And how you handle it and how you deal with it is. Yeah. And it's all types of pain. It's not just physical pain. Right. It's yeah. Like, like emotional heartbreak, right? all, all right. the stuff that's like kind of can be debilitating at times. Yeah. Cause honestly that emotional pain can be worse than the physical pain. Yeah. yeah I would rather have physical pain. <laughs> no, no, seriously. So, I mean, it's just, and then also like lowers high blood pressure, like improves your mental health. Like, it's just like, you oh, can, wow. I can go on and on. Like, I, if there's one thing that you do every day, it's like, it's meditate, like, just do it. Like there is. I'm curious if you have any tips on like the type of meditation, the length, are there studies out there that kind of say there's like a better route of it than others? Or what's the, the T on that? Yeah, I think for the most part, where you see like the benefits really occurring is 20 minutes. Okay. Yeah. And I, I mean, of course there's days where you just don't have that 20 minutes and I just try to do five minutes if I can. Like I, yeah. I at this point, like I used to skip days and now I just see the benefits and like my day, if I, if I don't do it, it's just like definitely more scatterbrained. So I just, if I can't, like, if I can't do the whole 20, I'll do 15 or I'll do 10 or I'll do five, like whatever I can do, I, I do. Um, and it's also, it's, so it's mindfulness meditation where you are and people, a lot of the time they tell me they can't meditate. I mean, one, there's guided meditations that are really good. Um, I have like a playlist of the ones I actually used when I first started, um, linked in like my link in my bio on TikTok and on Instagram. Perfect. And then the playlists are on my YouTube channel. Um, and they're just literally like free playlists of the ones I used. And I just decided like when I started making these TikToks to make them public for other people to use. Um, but they're guided meditations, but most of these are for mindfulness meditations. And that's like what, where I really honestly saw improvement with like my ADHD symptoms as well, Mm -hmm. an ability to like focus, And I think the main thing that people are missing with the meditation is that they think that, and it's how, what I used to think too, is that you need to sit there and not have any thoughts for 20 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) That's not the point. And so when people tell me like, I can't meditate, it's like, yes, you can, but uh, (laughs) you just close your eyes and see the thoughts. (laughs) Literally that's it. Just like watch your thoughts float by and it's easier said than done, but over time you get better at it. So like you, you see the thought pop into your head and then you just let it go. You're just like, Oh, that's a thought. And it does two things. Mm. One, it trains your brain to be able to let go and not be distracted by your thoughts. So whenever you're doing work, you're focused, you're able to focus more. And if you have a distracting thought, you can just like, let it go and keep focusing on your work. So for that, it's really, I love that. I love that for that. It's really helpful. But then also it does another thing where it shows you that you're not your thoughts. Because if you're sitting there and you watch your thought flow by and then you have the ability to like, let that thought go, then you can't be your thought. You're the one that observes your thoughts. Mm-hmm. And I think that is a super powerful thing, especially like, so I was talking to someone on my TikTok in the comments that has really bad anxiety. And that's like one of the things I said, I was like, just remember like, and that's something meditation teaches you is that you aren't your thoughts. Mm-hmm. Like all those thoughts, the fact that you can even see them 
means that you're not them. Yeah. And half the time they're not true. More than half the time they're not true. They just like, they like to take up some space and run around and circle around, which I love that you mentioned that because one of the things I was going to ask you as a neuroscience um, PhD student was like, how do you stop the swirling thoughts? Because I know a lot of people struggle with like, they get on that thought and then it just feels like it's a spiral and it goes down, down, down. And it sounds like this is such a perfect solution for that. Yeah. I would, I would honestly say like, cause from, I used to deal with that, like just like the anxious thoughts and not being, but like l- being able to let go of them mm-hmm. and realize that they're not true, not you, or like, even if they are true, I'm just kind of like, you know what? Life's a video game. So what's it matter? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. It's like, hey, we'll see how it turns out. It's fine. That's, that's something that I, another thing that I say to a lot of people is zoom out. Yeah. So like when you're doing something, if like you're having anxiety or you're overthinking, like zoom out, like take a look at your life from like the perspective that you're dead or you haven't been born yet and look down, like, does it matter? Most likely, probably no. You're going to forget it in three days, yeah. <laughs> three, weeks, three months. No, you know? And even if it is that huge of a deal, it's also kind of, then, then you can just resort to the life's a video game. And yeah. <laughs> and it's not going to matter once we go to the other side. It's fine. Right. So if, if anything, like those, the, those are like <laughs> different things that I'll sit on myself. Yeah. But then also meditation as well, because honestly, like you have to have the self-awareness of your thoughts to even be able to like say that to yourself. Right. And like, Mm -hmm. just tell yourself to zoom out. Like, how do you even have that type of awareness? You have to develop it. And I think the best way to do that is with meditation and therapy. (laughs) I love both. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, thank you so much for sharing all of this with us. I'm so excited to share this with everyone. Um, where can, what is your TikTok handle for those of us who want to follow you on TikTok and then also Instagram? Is it the same? What does that look like? Um, so my TikTok is at M on the brain, um, E-M on the brain. And then my Perfect. YouTube is also M on the brain. And then my Instagram is Emily 17 McDonald. Um, amazing and we'll link all of those in the show notes for you guys so if you're like i missed that just go down to the show notes the links will be be there for you guys and thanks again for being here yeah thank you so much for having me on us such a good combo